Welcome, everyone, to Season 5, Episode 148 of the Premier Pod. I'm your host, Yashbika, joined by my co-host, Tyler Chan. And yes, it has been a while. Um, I think last time we did this was actually the week after the Premier Pod Derby, as we like to name it, uh, which was the Liverpool-Manchester United game, which was back in September or late September or mid-September, I think. Um, but, you know, as, as we oh said, God. we're kind of doing the podcast on a rolling basis whenever we're both free and available. We both had some pretty busy months after that, just with work and everything like that going around. But yeah, it's been a while, but we are back recording this episode right now. But Tyler, how, how are you doing on your end? <laughs> Dude, it's been, a, it's been a while. It's been a yeah. wild ride. I got some, I got a story to tell you right at the very end for the wild card, but it's, I mean, at least for how the, the season's gone for Liverpool since we last spoke, we kind of mentioned that Klopp seven season curse curse is real <laughs> the curse <laughs> is real it has been rough times but on the flip side for manchester united i feel like it's been pretty good for you yeah like it's been kind of smoother sailing than expected yeah i feel like it's uh i feel like that it was actually funny i think that that game against liverpool was kind of like the start of like positive momentum and then i feel like for liverpool that game was kind of they've had they've they've done well at We've times waves but, yeah mm-hmm. waves waves it's weird a um, roller coaster it's it's been a roller coaster but it's been an interesting season i think uh like we're, we're going to talk about it in a little bit but i think united have done a lot to kind of impress a lot of people especially like a lot of the doubters with eric ten Hag. i know it's only like six months on the job pretty much right now but he's done a lot of good uh in the short time he's been here in in terms of de- developing like a plan and system but yeah it's it's a lot of good things and we're about to get into it, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. been wild because I think the last time we did this, I was still in Georgia and I've officially moved into New York. So that's why, so you could tell like my setup isn't the best. I still need to fix up the lighting and everything and get all that settled. But a lot of moving parts with me kind of moving here. Um, Tyler like was visited Europe for a little bit too. So that's where like that lips and lives in story is going to come into play. But mm-hmm. um, like kind of, we've kind of been all over the place, I would say. Um, recently, so it's been funny. Yeah, I will say you, you sound great. You sound great. Yeah, now no, you're I, in- save on your end. Save on. Your oh, I don't have my <laughs> I don't have my jerseys with me. I actually, um, you know, I had to I had to kind of pare down what I was going to pack because I was I was running out of room in my bag, so I couldn't pack all my jerseys. So that's why I'm sporting the UGA shirt right now. I got to show some love to undefeated Georgia Bulldogs right now. But yeah, I don't Let's have my Bulldogs. I don't have my jerseys with me, so I, I had to leave them behind because I was just like. Got to pick which ones to, you know, you got to make, you got to, you got to make some like shrewd decisions when you're packing and moving across country, you know? Those jerseys are like the first clothing I packed (laughs) when I moved. Like my friends are like, you're not packing like all your jerseys, are you? I'm like, I'll leave some, I'll leave some. But like, you know, if you know me in real life, people have joked is like, do you only wear jerseys? (laughs) I'm I'm that guy. I've I've gotten better, but yeah, yeah, I still have a ton. Yeah, college game days with Tyler with like it was like Liverpool home kit. Like he had the Warrior home kit from like what was it like 2013-14 or Yeah, 2013-14. Yeah, he would wear like the Warrior home kit like anytime Liverpool played, Tyler had some sort of Liverpool kit on. It was like you got a rep. well known. Yeah, I got a got a rep when they were there. Um Every year, but no, it's been New Jersey. Yep. It's been uh, it, it's been a fun couple months, but I guess uh, kind of like a, a good segue to kind of get into it is Basically, an update on both of our teams. Um, for Manchester United, we kind of mentioned a little bit earlier. I feel like what's been interesting is that 
Eric Ten Hag has shown in like the the four, I guess, official four and a half official months of like legitimate play um, that he's kind of set in a plan. And he's also, I guess, passed the test of like kind of handling the emotion slash, um, what, what would you call it? Locker room drama in a sense, or kind of yeah, laying his like foot the down. Egos. Yeah, that's that's the word I was looking for, the ego, ego check. And I feel like what makes a great manager is to be able to deal with egos, but also um, stamp your foot down and lay down to the authority. Because I, I think what happened at the end of Ralph Raniuk's term, it was tough for him because he was always going to be the interim manager. He lost the locker room. Like I would say like probably two, like once the Champions League exit happened, I feel like he just lost the locker room. Like Ronaldo stole the show. Like everyone was just kind of doing their own thing. Like the locker room was lost and that was apparent in the performances we put up. But with under Ten Hag, it seems like he really has a firm grasp on the locker room culture and like the locker room egos um, because uh, there was a recent incident. It was during the Manchester United Tottenham game. I think I had the Ronaldo bullet point all the way down below, but I feel like probably the best point to talk about right now is that after that game or before the final whistle hit, there was video of like Ronaldo actually leaving the um, leaving the game and going straight to the tunnel to leave, like leave the stadium and everything. And this was actually Ten Hag said that he was actually planning on maybe using Ronaldo as a substitute for like the final five minutes of the game, but he had left. And because of that, Ronaldo was left out of the squad and had to train with the under 21s to the lead up of the Chelsea game. And now he's back in contention to be in the squad. But I was really impressed by that because I feel like if this happened under Solskjaer or Ranić, I feel like they would have just caved in and been like, oh, Ronaldo will just start the next game against Chelsea because he's Ronaldo. Or if the only thing they'll punish him by is maybe put him on the bench and then they'll just bring him on in the second half or for like, you know, in the 60th minute. But Eric Ten Hag was like, no, even if we go into Chelsea with just Marcus Rashford as our striker and Anthony Alenga and two academy prospects as our attacking bench bench players, he, he's going to do that because he wants to lay down his foot of authority. And I think he's done a really excellent job of handling the Ronaldo situation. It's tough because I think in his head, I think, Randy, I think Ten Hag in a perfect world would want Ronaldo out, even though he says he wants him, you can tell like, it's just the fit's not there, but you know, Ronaldo's here. And I think he's done a really good job of dealing with that situation and kind of managing that ego that's there. And I I think that's a sign of like a really good manager to come. But I mean, Tyler, I feel like if Ronaldo, or if I feel like if a player did that under Klopp, I feel like they would have gotten the same treatment. Or if a player did that under Pep, they would have gotten the same treatment that Eric Ten Hag did to, Ronaldo, which is like you're exiled from the squad and you kind of have to earn your way back into the favor of the team and everything you do. Yeah, because like he kind of just did his own thing. It yeah. was like kind of disrespect. And, you know, Ronaldo, he does he historically had a pretty big ego and still has a little bit there. But <laughs> I mean, he literally just was like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just you can just leave work early. <laughs> like that's his job. Like yeah. you can just leave. So I don't know. It's I feel like. Eric Ten Hag is also one of those managers you kind of just don't mess with. He kind of had like he he very much in the first week he was there. You can kind of tell like the mood of the whole organization changed. He just brought that kind of order back, that kind of discipline back. Yeah. And even with that, like he brought in his own players. He's like, I don't <laughs> care like who's good. Like he benched McGuire. I think that was like the last thing he kind of yeah, mentioned after the, the second game of like, the season. And he hasn't. I was played like, wow, like, he actually did yeah. it. <laughs> so yeah, we, he hasn't played since then. And I was like, what the heck. 
Like he's always one of those staples where I knew I was like, all right, there's always a vulnerability in Manchester United just because Maguire is going to be playing. I like Harry Maguire's there. Slabhead's there. He's like a staple. He'll he'll never leave. McSauce will always be there. Fred will always be there. It will (laughs) always be the meme. But then he kind of brought in his own guns and he was like, no, I'm going to like he, he, you know, he kept the same mojo for like the first couple of games and it was a slow start. But then after a little while, he's like, no, this is not working. We're not doing this again. This is not going to be the same movie. And he just <laughs> gave him the boot. And I was like, wow, okay. And then it yeah. actually changed things up. So I think with Ronaldo, it's going to be kind of his ongoing saga until he, I think he has to leave. Like, I don't know if you can just rebuild this out yeah. of the blue. Cause like you, you've already seen what happened to the other, the other schmucks <laughs> like freaking Maguire. He's, he's just kind of stuck there. Whereas Ronaldo, yeah. he does, he's Ronaldo. So he has options no matter what. But I mean, at least at Manchester United, I don't know. Unless something miraculous happens where like his play style changes, which I don't think it will. Or yeah. like his relationship with Ten Hag gets a little better, which, you know, maybe, maybe could. But he's still, you know, old. He can't really run as much. He, he's not yeah. going to have as much hustle as, you know, Rashford. And even when he's on the pitch, no matter what he does, he just, commands like a certain kind of like aura like it's just the whole team plays a little differently yeah. where it's like you know it's a superstar of the force team. Like the you have, yeah you have to give him the ball it's like yeah it does like an nfl reference it's like when obj was on the browns like it's like why is baker only throwing to that guy it's like it's a superstar yeah. it's like what, what else are you gonna do mm-hmm. so it's like when ronaldo's there it's like i mean what are you gonna do not pass to him <laughs> so yeah that's the tricky part but yeah, at least we, for me it's it was kind of crazy to think at the beginning of the season. It's like, could he leave in January? Could he leave next like maybe next season? Because like he's gonna be way older, <laughs> like one year older and it's yeah. pretty exponential. But it's like, will he be gone in January even? It's like that's that's insane to me. And I feel like that's pretty possible, at least from this point. Because he's yeah, not even playing, I, he's like just riding the pine. Yeah, he he barely starts, and I will say this like you can ask me and I feel like you can ask pretty much every other United fan when he, we actually play better as a team, more cohesive as a unit when he doesn't start or doesn't play, which is yeah an indictment that, of yeah. like Ronaldo just doesn't fit the system that Ten Hag has. Not saying Ronaldo is a bad player. It's just that this system and the, what, what Ten Hag needs from his players, Ronaldo just can't offer that. And it's, uh, it's bad. Cause we, we mentioned it before. Like he, he had kind of hit him and Jorge Mendes, his agent have basically, tried talking to every big European club to like, hey, do you want him? Do you want him? And every club has basically said like, no, we're, we don't want him. And I don't know if that's going to change in January. I, I, I don't know if any of the remaining Champions League clubs will be like, okay, you know, we're doing so well right now. Do we want to bring Ronaldo in knowing that when we do, unfortunately for him, the track record since he's left Madrid hasn't been that great in terms of when he came to Juventus, he was good, but he also didn't really take Juventus to the next step. And the same thing happened at mm-hmm. Manchester United where he didn't really elevate them to the next step. In fact, he probably could say like he made the locker room probably even worse or made the whole situation kind of blow up even faster um, with him being there. And I, I don't know if a club's willing to take that risk. I think Chelsea were the most interested because of Todd Bohaley and like, you know, it, the American owner, like owner just trying to like, how what superstar can I bring in next? And you know, that was an option. I don't, that, uh, there are reports like kind of out there that maybe that could still be an option in January, but I don't know. I, I think like, um, 
it's hard to see a team like a top team in Europe challenging with the Champions League that would need Ronaldo and be like Ronaldo is the missing piece we need to win the Champions League. I, I don't see it yeah. right now. I don't see Which it either. Is, but yeah. I mean, I I still feel like you know if you have the option to get him, you probably. I mean, if you can afford it. <laughs> no, yeah. but I'm, I'm just saying, you know, if it doesn't work out in Europe, Atlanta United, that's a pretty good, <laughs> yeah. pretty good option. If Ronaldo, you're listening, or Portland Timbers, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's it might be way past your prime, but I think we would gladly have you. <laughs> yeah. I think it'd be cool. But Ronaldo I mean, the MLS, then, that would be awesome. I know. But even then, I feel like the role he would have would be a little different. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's it's going to be hard to kind of move him. I know, you know, everyone would probably want him, but it's just like, can he afford him? Mm-hmm. And can they afford to have him in the locker room? So we'll yeah. see. Yeah, no, I, but I still think I, I would take him. Yeah. <laughs> At least I, for me. Yeah, it's, it's tough for me to justify like every team taking him just because I've seen like, I guess the bad aspects of having him at this age and you know if you if you're if you are a team that plays a certain way it's 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 different but i do see the appeal that you're saying of kind of like that appeal that you know if you do bring him in and play him just strictly as a striker and you have players that will just cover for him he will eventually he will just score goals for you but if you're acquiring him to kind of play the eric ten hog way of like you want him to be part of the build-up want him to make runs in behind constant like consistently want him to press consistently He'll, he'll actually end up being a hindrance for your team. But like we said, we'll see what happens. I, th- you know, I think it's going to be best for both parties, actually, if he just ends up leaving in January. But we'll we'll see what happens. But I do wanted to I did wanted to mention with um, like Manchester United with Eric Ten Hag. I've really enjoyed all the players he's brought in. I do enjoy the vision he's brought in and like kind of like the style of play. And I feel like the recent games against Tottenham and Chelsea have really shown. I, I feel like Tottenham was probably the litmus test of like the best game we've played under Eric Ten Hag. Just like I've just you, you like just from my perspective and from people that are not even not even United fans, they said that, wow, that was probably the best play, best way they've played since Fergie retired in terms of the energy, the pressing, the creativity, the chances created, the consistent shots on goal, the basically the 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 sense of like they were overwhelming the opponent so much that they couldn't even get out of their own half. And this was against a big team like Spurs with big players. Um, so to me, that was just like, wow, he did that under like four months in the job. I can't imagine what he'll do, you know, once he has another year on himself and gets even more players that fit his system. But a couple of players I've, I've really enjoyed watching is uh, firstly, Sandro Martinez. Like, I think given his height, there was a lot of question marks. Like, can he make it in the Premier League? But I, I feel like, you know, obviously he still has the rest of the season to go. But man, he has been fantastic as a center back. He's got mm-hmm. this great ability to read the game. Um, given his height, he, in a sense, his ability to read the game compensates for the fact that he doesn't have, I guess, the physical attributes that you think of like a Premier League center back. His passing ability is like outrageous. Like he's just so comfortable on the ball. Like he can easily, I I see it so much every time United plays that he can easily pick up the ball in the midfield or where he picks it up as like in the, where he is as a center back and just basically plays like a threading ball into the midfield and just opens up the game like that. Um, I feel like his tackles, ego, like when you think of like South American, like defenders, you tend to sometimes think they can be a bit rash. Um, yeah. especially with the defenders United Rough. have had in the past of South American descent, like Marcus Rojo, who is very, very rash where you didn't really know, like, could this guy is like a walking red card. I feel like Lissandro is so good in terms of reading the game where when he does put in a challenge, 
it always ends up being right. And it's always like very well calculated. Um, so he has that going for him. I've also really enjoyed Anthony. I feel like at, at right wing, there was a lot of question marks, whether this guy is just like a, you know, a walking meme in terms of like his skill moves, like the, you know, the, the famous trademark yeah, the Anthony spin, spin. Yeah. The Anthony mm-hmm. spin. He's actually pulled it off a couple of times in the games or he just oh does gosh. it randomly. Um, but man, the guy is so good on the right wing. Like he has basically slotted in there since the day one, since he arrived and just taken basically a stranglehold in that position where he is just so good at creating, like running down the wings. Like his skill moves are so good in terms of beating his defenders on a one V one. Um, he's left footed too. So it's actually great to have Mm -hmm. like that, a left footing, left footed right winger kind of like, it's just nice to have like the inverse, like inverse foot right there. Um, he's got like a deadly shot on him. Like he scored some bangers already with like his just cutting in with his left foot and just curling it like Ian Robin-esque. Um, so I've really enjoyed him. And Anthony and Lissandro have been like, I, I feel like superstar signings. And then Casemiro, I feel like it took him a little while to kind of get adjusted to the speed of the Premier League. But I feel like now he's like fully adjusted and he just looks amazing in terms of breaking up play and just being like that that defender, that CDM that was so dominant at Real Madrid. Erickson has been a really good signing as well, a free signing that he just does a really good job of just controlling the pace of the game and creating passes. And he's just he's just so good at like creativity and also just controlling the pace of the game. Very different from Bruno. I feel like they complement each other well because they're both mm-hmm. creative-minded midfielders, but they both play the game differently. Where I feel like Bruno's always looking like, how can I get the, how can I create, always taking, I guess, like the bigger risk of like, if I play this pass, it could go incredibly wrong. Or it could be go incredibly right. Um, and Erickson's like, okay, I see that pass. Let me like, it, 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 like it does it almost like in a way, in a very controlled way where Bruno's kind of like, let me just do it my way. And, you know, it'll work out, it'll work out. If it doesn't, it doesn't, but it, it'll just kind of, that, that's what Bruno does. Um, so I feel like they complement each other really well. Um, so yeah, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed all the signings Eric Ten Hag has made, and I feel like they're just gelling in and making this team really better. Just really it's good. It's like a combo <laughs> of bringing in some superstar veterans. Yeah. And also, like, you know, like Christian Eriksen, a veteran of the midfield, you know, like a star at Tottenham for years now. Yeah. And also Casemiro, like, he's he's done it at Real Madrid. Yeah. He's won. He's won trophies. <laughs> he knows what to do with CDM. He's literally not done everything. Be <laughs> so, like, he's literally there for, like... Just to, to chill. Like, he literally was like, I literally won the Champions League five times. Like, I'm just here. <laughs> yeah, new <laughs> challenge. So, and then, you know, as you said, Anthony and Martinez. Martinez, like, he's he's making the five nines look good. You know, shout out to all the short kings out there. Other people yeah. five nine. I'm like, yes, there we go. He did get kind of wrecked by Holland, I will say. Yeah, but it's know, Holland. Like, I feel like, Holland. City, you can't I feel like they're just yet. like an anomaly. I feel like it's like... Man City and Holland, I feel like that's just no Holland one can is stop literally, that. Like, besides Liverpool for some reason. No one could stop that guy. <laughs> Holland's literally a cheat code. We'll we'll talk about him in a sec, but I will say for Anthony, I had my I had my doubts about him. Because everyone was like because you know, yeah, he's just an Ajax and he like he's very showboaty. And I was like, in the Premier League, he's probably gonna get trucked in like the first <laughs> game if he tried anything like that. Like yeah. any like fancy moves, like if Neymar like hypothetically was ever in the Premier League, he'd probably be injured in like the first month for like the <laughs> yeah. rest of the season. And like yeah. Ronaldinho, kind of those players. But you know, Anthony's getting away with it. Like he's doing like the same kind of tenacity and big ego kind of moves like Neymar would, the showboaty ones, like you know, yeah. the spin, the, the little 
like you hang your foot yeah like oh, a little bit up yeah, and start little, flicking it the little fades yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like what the heck like this one thing willie ann used to do at chelsea i remember that but yeah it's he's uh, got like a he he you know there's like this beam of like you know he's got that dog in him he's kind of got that dog in him too where he's like yeah he is showboaty but he's also really tenacious tenacious where like if he loses the ball he's very quick to like recover it or Get he's it really back. quick to put in a channel like he's not afraid to take you know take a couple take a couple big challenges or kind of stand up to someone and take the big fight um and you know that kind of helps the overall team spirit where it's like a guy like entity who's not the biggest guy out there but he's like willing to go toe-to-toe with like the biggest guy on the other team that's that that gets people fired up you usually don't see that from a five-star skiller usually they're yeah. kind of like scrawny like you see like yeah. a mares they're like yeah. you know shakira i guess is a five-star but he's thick but i mean <laughs> Usually you don't really see that from a, from a player like that. So like the yeah. stereotypical five-star skill is just like, he does his thing. He tries to out dribble the entire team, turn around, try to do it again and then <laughs> take a shot. But I mean, I'm surprised that he's been doing so well so quickly. Like I remember yeah. he got transferred in and then like the next day he was in the starting lineup. I was like, what is yeah, going on? It was on? against Arsenal was his first game and he scored that game. I was like, what? I'm like, it's not fair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Arsenal literally bought an equivalent in Pepe at right wing like and he never like never looked up yeah and then now anthony all of a sudden like you know people knew about him but he was still just like a rising brazilian star and yeah. he was like you know no one had like high expectations just like he should be at least above average but yeah. i mean he's doing he's doing works i will say his right foot kind of sus yeah like he's but very hey, left-footed you know that we we do know of a famous famous winger played like dominate the bundesliga like just was it the only That's thing true. he did was just cut in and use um what was it? use the left, foot, left right? foot right yeah yep. that was literally all he did and he'll probably go down as one of the greatest wingers of all time that is Ian Robin not saying he's Ian Robin but we have seen that um obviously it's not great to be like totally like one foot dominant but if you basically master that one foot it's like <laughs> they could do anything they can and you'll still like you'll still be a beast out there. Yeah, Ryan Giggs did it too. So yep. maybe he could be the next iteration. Hopefully he doesn't do anything as <laughs> bad outside of football, but yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, we'll see. Well, Anthony already shown promise. Like it's been very surprising how quickly after the slow start for even most of these players even being at Manchester United, how they've kind of grown into this team so quickly. Yeah. But I mean, I am jealous. <laughs> I'm like, dang, about time. Like, I, I, I was talking to Yush, I think, right before this, uh, like um, maybe a few weeks ago, where like the time has finally come. It has been a, a week where Yush is not upset after watching a menu game. It's like, dang, <laughs> it's like, yeah. what is this feeling? <laughs> it feels great. <laughs> yeah, it feels feels great to have some expectation. Not, not even expectation, but like a certain like. Uh, not saying we're there yet, but like a certain like ability of like, okay, every week when they show up, you know, this is the way they're going to play. This is at least mm-hmm. how they're going to set up. This is how they're going to attack. Because I, you know, you, you've seen like, we, you've seen it from this podcast. Like you go back all the way from the beginning, like every week or every month or every year, it was always like the team set up differently. The, the They play style differently. Like it's different manager. It was always so different. It's nice to finally have some sort of like continuity um kind of put in place i will say the the one thing that does scare me about the squad and it's it no surprise i think i've said it before it's it's very thin in a sense where 
if we have a couple injuries, we're kind of screwed because we just don't have a lot of depth. I think that's like the byproduct of letting some players go on free and then a new manager comes in. It's always going to be the case. So I think the biggest thing is like, can we stay healthy enough? And that's always a really hard thing to answer because there's so many games in the season. But if we Mm -hmm. can stay semi sort of healthy enough, I feel like the team is good enough or shown enough momentum and enough progress that they can challenge for a top four spot. But the injuries always scare me because we are just a couple injuries away from, you know, Anthony or Jaden Sancho, Casemiro, or yeah, going back to Harry Maguire, going back to the same players that kind of let us down last season. So that's what scares me. But I I quickly wanted to bring up, uh, you know, one other point here is that unfortunately uh, he's kind of been going under the radar. It's kind of been being brought up on United Circles. And that is, unfortunately, um, Jaden Sancho hasn't really looked like the Jaden Sancho that we bought from Dortmund for a hundred million. You know, that winger that was going to create a ton of chances, score a ton of goals. And it's been worrying a lot of United fans about whether, you know, he's going to be up for it in terms of fulfilling his potential or being that next star. Because if you didn't know, when we bought him, he was supposed to be the right winger of the future. He was supposed to be an Anthony spot. Like he was supposed to take control of the right wing from day one. And Mm -hmm. six months into his basically progress, we ditched that experiment and shifted him off to the left side. And theoretically, the left side is actually supposed to be where Marcus Rashford's supposed to be his best. And there was actually a good point that someone brought up that a um, another podcast I was listening to brought up that when you compare Jaden Sancho to Marcus Rashford, when you analyze Marcus Rashford's game, yeah, there can be certain points where he looks really erratic, but that's the his style of play is to be very direct and run at defenders and do his skill moves to get past people and then shoot from long distances or use his like power shot or create a ton of chances like basically going head on. So that's why sometimes... Mm-hmm. He can have performances where he looks like, oh, he looks like a five out of 10. But then he actually, the next game, he could look like nine out of 10 because he's just always doing, you know what he's going to do. He's going to run at you. But then they said like Jaden Sancho has kind of this ability to coast by games where he can put in like an average, like five out of 10 or six out of 10, but you don't notice him because he's not like Rashford where he doesn't have like this blistering pace. So because of that, he's not running at defenders all the time. He's not trying to make those run runs in behind, like those darting runs in behind. He's kind of like, let me pick up the ball. Let me see if I can do a couple skills and then pass it back. So it's kind of like when you <laughs> watch him, back. that's kind of like his main bread and butter. But yeah, like, yeah, he scored some goals this season and he has some assists, but overall in terms of like a full 90 minutes, we're still waiting to see like, can he impact the game for the full 90 and show us kind of like that class that was at Dortmund And right now, not saying like he's kind of on the hot seat in terms of he's got to perform now, but it's, you know, almost a year and a half into this experiment. So we're kind of waiting to see like, you know, what else can he provide? Can he provide a little bit more? Can he do a little bit more and show us a bit more? Because he has a lot of potential. It's just right now, at least it's not, he's not kind of living up to it right now. And I mean, you brought in all these other players and they're all stepping up pretty quick. So, you know, the, the seat's getting hotter. (laughs) <laughs> and with that kind of price tag hanging above him, it's like, come on, do something. Yeah. It's like that me with like the guy with the stick. It's like, hey, do something. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's what's what's even not, I wouldn't say damning, but it's like, um, so Anthony Martial, when he's been fit, has kind of been preferred as like the central striker because he's mm-hmm. actually looked really good this season when he's been fit. He's scoring yeah. a lot of goals. He looks really sharp. Just can't stay healthy right now. Um, and there was actually when... Um, Anthony Martial, Marcus Rashford, Anthony, and Sancho were all fit. 
Eric Ten Hag actually preferred the setup of a front three of Rashford on the left, Martial up front, and then Anthony on the right. So Jaden Sancho actually took the bench because he just couldn't cement his spot. And right now, I feel like he's still starting games based on there's just no one else that can kind of cover for his spot. So I, I just hope he can kind of pick it up and show everyone like that that class and that ability that he has. Um, and I wouldn't say like all United fans are jumping on the train that he's just like, oh, he's a flop. But it's starting to get up. Like like you said, the seat's starting to get a little bit warmer where like now fans are starting to get like, okay, you know, had like a year and a half in this position now. Can you can you show us a bit more? And that's kind of like the the difficult part right now, judging him. And I mean, like even when he was at Dortmund, he was that kind of player who was kind of like two-way where, and not in terms of like, you know, go tracking back and stuff, but like he can provide goals, but also like create goals. Like he was yeah. one of those guys is like, if he's on the pitch, someone's going to get a goal, whether it be him or he's going to help someone assist. And I feel like that creativity just hasn't, it's not there. Like, it's like he barely, as you said, it's like, oh yeah, I forgot. We're going to talk about Sancho. He's on the team. He's just there. <laughs> he's literally <laughs> just the guy who's just there. Yeah. And for like that money and like that expectation, it's like, come on. Like, I remember when, if you speak about this in like FIFA terms, he was like an 87 rated, I think when he got transferred to United. Yeah, he's like Dortmund. 84 now or 80, yeah. like 84, 85. Like he just went down like crazy. He's just dropping. Not, not like it's hot, but it's like <laughs> really... He is just not really flipped the potential. And like the worst part is like we don't really see an, an upside. Like it's not like he's improving too much. It's like he, I think last season, maybe scored five goals, something like that. Yeah. Maybe had like, like maybe total like assists. five or six um, and a couple assists. And granted, like, you so, know, like last season was really disastrous. And like I feel like that wasn't the best. I feel like if you brought in any young player in that, in that, transfer window and for that team to, for that rest of the season it would have been disastrous for them as well so mm-hmm. you know I hope that didn't affect his psyche too much but I also feel like you know under the new manager you know new t- style of play I, I was just hoping that you know Eric Ten Hag could bring out the best of Sancho and I feel like he's given him a lot of chances to do that I just don't feel like Sancho is rising up to the challenge to like fulfill that potential essentially mm-hmm. I feel like Ten Hag is doing everything he can to, to put him in successful positions it's just that Sancho isn't rising up to kind of give us those performances we're looking for. Like he's done good in like in a couple games. Like, don't get me wrong. He doesn't look like awful, but you know, we're kind of like, you know, we're waiting for like that hundred million type of player to come out. You know, we're talking more about Anthony than Sancho. Yeah, (laughs) Like that kind of says it. We're like, man, Sancho ain't doing it. I think he's also a five-star skiller too. So it's like, where are those things? But I, I guess my kind of thought, I also didn't really know if you know the answer to this. Do you know if he's in the England squad? Is he going to the World Cup? I don't know. I don't. I I don't guess. I don't, he, he wasn't called given, up. Yeah, he. I don't think he was called up for the recent friendlies before the World Cup or even like before that. Uh, yeah, I think he's been called up very sporadically after the Euro. After Euro, because Gareth Southgate is also weird, where he also won't call up Trent Alexander Arnold either. Yeah, even though they have no right backs. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people in England are just really tired of. Gareth Southgate and his decision making in terms of which players he brings up. <laughs> I do think he favors, you know, granted every national team manager favors certain players. Like you always have every yeah. World Cup, like that random guy that's like an average player at like the club level, but is like a beast for the international team. You mm-hmm. know, you're always going to get that. But I feel like he does, not, I wouldn't say has a bias, but he does tend to pick like favorites. And I feel like Trent, Alexander Arnold, Jaden Sancho, 
those some of those guys have kind of fallen out of favor and i i just don't know if they can do enough in like a couple weeks to kind of win back that favor and get back into the squad which is unfortunate because it's like jane sancho like two years ago was like the hottest prospect in europe i know and i was like man went to man U. I was like come on (laughs) i mean geez what a fall from grace and i feel like trent has a better chance getting into the england squad as the left wing right now (laughs) like what's going on Jeez, well, I mean, the the World Cup will be a feature pod. Don't worry, we we got this. Yeah, we'll, we'll go into more detail there. But I mean, that's just something that I kind of think about too. It's like, oh yeah, what about Sancho? <laughs> what happened to this man? Yeah, it's I'm hoping getting there. I'm hoping he can pick it up. I have faith. I still have plenty of faith in him that he'll pick it up. But right, you know, when like I said, the time is not ticking, but it's like the seat is slightly getting a little bit warmer, and it's now mm. time for him to kind of step up and like show us, you know, like. Come on, like Jaden Central, show us the Jaden Central at Dortmund, the guy that was just creating, scoring, you know, just look like a like that free flowing player. Like we need to see that now at Manchester United. So I don't know. We'll, we'll hopefully we'll see it soon, but not to take the whole pod on United. I feel like that's kind of been like the good spots, like we're trending upwards. And now, yeah, toss it off, you know, bring it to Tyler and update on Liverpool season, which unfortunately oh, no. is not super disastrous, <laughs> but it also hasn't been the best. It's uh, we can skip this part. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> it's oh my gosh. Uh, where do I start? So Liverpool, I think in the at least in the Premier League, not great. It's we're sitting in eighth. Fulham are ahead of us yeah. in seven. Newcastle, Newcastle. Well, I mean Newcastle's. It was kind of expected that they'd be pretty good. Not, I didn't expect top four right now, but come on, we're we're sitting around Brighton and West Ham and Fulham. Like what what the deuce? And you know. A couple of weeks ago, Liverpool beat Man City, uh, you know, 1-0, I believe, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah it was 1-0. And then a week after that, we, we lose to Nottingham, 1-0. I'm like, what What the heck? How do you beat the best team in the league and then lose to the worst team in the league right after? And then luckily sounds today, like a Manchester beat United type of season. I, yeah, this sounds like a 2013-14 Liverpool season, which is <laughs> not a great time. There's a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. <laughs> but I mean, geez, I think it's kind of hindered based on I don't want to say injuries is like the the prime suspect once again for <laughs> our downfall. But I'm going to say injuries. But our midfield is pretty thin. And I would say surprisingly, so Fabinho, the main culprit, I would say right now, that's kind of fallen way out of form is the reason why I think our back four is exposed and we're just conceding so Dang, many Fabinho the goals. goat. I've like Fabinho. I've spent like many a day on this podcast talking about man Fabinho is like I wish United had a Fabinho as midfielder. Yeah, I mean like you got Casemiro now, but I mean for us we always had Fabinho and like the drop off from last season or even seasons past is significant. Like I I saw on Twitter it's just like everyone's kind of on the same boat. We're still really high on Curtis Jones, I will say that. But for Fabinho, dang, is man, Fabinho even that, thirty? I thought he's like twenty eight. He looks like he's 40 all the time, but I believe he's yeah, late 20s, early 30s. Dang. But I mean, like not anywhere near at this point of his, of his career where he should be dropping off this much where like he's just being so sloppy with the ball. Like he's usually very good about, you know, transitioning to play and predicting the back four. Like the reason why it's so easy to make Van Dyke and Joe Gomez or Matip or Konate look so good playing center back is because there's always that anchor right in front of him. Fabinho stopping every kind of counterattack, you know, always winning the headers to stop any, you know, main counterattack from like the air or like 
you know, cutting those passing lanes, following a player that's running down the wing like early, or even when they're on the attack, he's really good about getting the ball from the midfield and then chucking a long ball. It's like a Mane or a Sala. But now it's like, where's it gone? Like he just, the amount of turnovers you can count per game from him just passing it like a ride, like doing a sideways pass or just passing it back and just giving it away to the opponent or just having the wrong footwork and just losing out on the dribble just so easily or just not being in the right spot. Like just something's not right in the head. Like it's just if his performance every week in years past was like an eight out of 10, it has dropped to like a four out of 10 to three out of 10. Like on a week in week out. I didn't know it was that bad. It's been bad. And I think it's slightly (laughs) also because like, you know, Klopp has switched a little bit from the four, three, three to like a four, two, three, one at times. Or the people, or not people, like the players that <laughs> flank him in a four-three-three is like Harvey Elliott and like Tiago, which you know both of them aren't very defensive. And Harvey Elliott, you know, God bless his soul, he's also like a, a winger converted to center mid. Ooh. And like, there's just so yeah. many times where it's like Fabinho's just on his own. It's like, all right, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and then Jeez. like Robertson's also taking a little step back because of. Like just, I think he's getting less and less minutes, maybe because of injury and like just old age as well. And then Trent, you know, dang. (sighs) But yeah, Trent's been good. But I've um, I've definitely seen like where he gets exposed against like you know defensively sometimes, like one v one against like Mitrovic or something like that, which is just unfair. (laughs) Losing the headers is a key Trent thing. Just one on ones getting a little rough with Trent, and like that's like the main. Reason why I think Gareth Southgate doesn't want him in the squad is because of his mm-hmm. defensive liabilities. But I mean, that's where I'm like, please just move him to center mid or something. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> we don't have another right back, which is the problem, unless you move Joe Gomez up there. But then it's like our other two center backs, Matip and Konate, are both injured. So it's like Joe Gomez is going to sit at right center back for you yeah. know, a longer period of time. And also, it's just like, you know, there is a lot of hype for. Harvey Elliott, I do see it. Like he scored today as well. And he's done a lot of good things. But it's just like as a center mid, the defensive part is still really shaky. And I'm like, yeah. uh, it, it really <laughs> puts a lot on Fabinho. And the fact that it's also compounding to him having a really rough season to like I think that's really affecting just, you know, the whole kind of theme we have where it's like if the whole team was a like a car and you had like a McLaren engine in the back. And then you had like a Ferrari front and then the middle is now slowly <laughs> turning into a Honda Civic. And oh, it's like, man. it's kind of screwing up the whole car. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's that's the kind of rough part. And like the fact that we're starting James Milner at center mid or right back at times because of just the midfield injuries, like Tiago's already back out. You know, Oxlade's Dang. gone on injury. Curtis Jones has been out for a little bit, but he's finally back. And like Kate, I don't know what he's up to. <laughs> it's like I feel like I, there's like some Navi Kate stand accounts where I think he's just like he just disappeared, and yeah, he just, no one knows I mean, if I, he's like not injured or not, or if he's just like healthy and just no one knows where he's at. Dude, Mane left, and it's like our Alberto Moreno situation where it's like, what do we do? It's like he's Mane's <laughs> friend. Gosh dang! So. I don't know. It's, you know, he got a haircut and makes him look a lot older. And then, which is not a good thing, but it's, it's just like a, a thing where I feel like a lot of Liverpool fans are like, man, I wish we just had like a good center mid box to box player. And I was like, we kind of have some and they're just all injured. And, man. you know, Henderson, he's just getting a lot older and I'm surprised he's like making at 
through full 90 minute games here and there. Like I've seen like Milner, of course, come in a lot for him. But I mean, like at the same time, Milner should not be playing this many minutes. Like yeah. he should at his age. He should not be like when he started at right back against Man City. I was like, oh, we're about to get destroyed by Holland. He's about to just sit on the left side and just go ham. <laughs> but somehow, some way, by miracle, we won. But then, you know, as the world is, there must be balance. So we lose to Nottingham. <laughs> so, Dude, it, it's I it's mean, tough. I uh, it, it, it's interesting because I think um, from what I've seen, like Liverpool Twitter, everyone is upset because it's like. Uh, they felt like, oh, we were just we were not buying any midfielders because we were trying to buy Jude Bellingham. But now it looks like Jude Bellingham's going to go to Real Madrid or something like that. Or oh, now it looks like Real Madrid does to, not need more center mids. They have yeah. like Chalamanier and yeah, too many. And then they have like Camavinga, and then they have Fetty Valverde. I mean, they yeah, they would be set for like the next decade if they got Bellingham. But I think a lot of Liverpool fans are upset. They're like, why did we not invest more into the midfield? Uh, because it's just like, man, like like he said, it's just like this squad is just getting old. Even Mo Salah does not look like, ever since he signed that new contract, he just does not look like yeah. the Mo Salah of old. And that's also because Mo Salah is getting older too. I think he's what, like 30 or 29? Yeah, he's like getting uh, there at like 30. And Yeah, I think that whole Liverpool squad that we've all not grown up with, but we've all like witnessed the, the growth and development of since Klopp's first season, they're all getting old. <laughs> like they're all like 30, what, 32 <laughs> Like yeah, they they just played they played a ton of minutes like consecutively like nonstop like just tons of minutes but they're just getting old and I think like um the squad needs a refresh and they they need a refresh fast because I just think like they're they're relying too many people they're re- relying on too many players that they've relied on for so long and I just feel like mm-hmm. when you and they played so many games that I I feel like the engine's kind of gone almost it's like. You know, they've just their their just legs are gone off. Like they just can't they just can't keep going the way they used to. I I will say, Firmino has had a bit of a renaissance. Yeah, like, I will he say, is, yeah, yeah. He he's has been, come he's back been, and he looks like Firmino of like when he had the freaking ponytail. Yeah, <laughs> like that one season he just went ham. Yeah, like he's back to that the, Firmino. The, the, the 16, 17, 17, 18 Firmino. Yeah, like that is that's he's like one of my favorite players at Liverpool all the time. And mm-hmm. like you've seen glimpses of that back this season. I'm like, yes, this feels good. But <laughs> at the same time, too, it's like, although these players are getting older and like it's just different. I mean, last season, we almost went for quadruple. We just yeah. lost it at the very end. And I'm like, what happened to that team? I feel like the Mane's God. Yeah, Mane's God. <laughs> can't just be Mane. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I think that's kind of weighing on them, too. Because like you literally came so close to winning it all. And then it's like, oh, we got to do it again, but with like a worse squad. I'm like, maybe that's why it's just taking its toll physically and also just mentally. And, yeah. you know, seven season of heavy metal football for some of these players. It's like, I, you know, it's like in the NFL, you know, you can't really last more than two years on average, which is like the average lifespan, not lifespan, but like <laughs> playing time of an NFL career. So, yeah. I mean, in a heavy metal football kind of career, at Liverpool, I mean, I guess it does take its toll. And that also being said, like of the new players we brought in, like, you know, there's players for Manchester United, you know, they're all kind of shining, doing really well. At Liverpool, it's been a little shaky. We've gotten Darwin Nunes, who, mm-hmm. you know, aggressive Uruguayan strikers, which is a, a thing for Liverpool, kind of bad behavior, misfits. He's, I still say he's doing okay. I think yeah. having Holland come into Man City, and having that as a comparison, which is not, 
I mean, it has some fairness there, but it's like Holland's having like a historic season. He already has 17 goals, which is more than any Man City player had all last season. And we're like, I don't know, tw- 14 games into the season right now. <laughs> like, yeah. not even halfway. So he's probably going to break the record by a long shot. And Darwin, he's just been either injured or suspended for a good chunk of games at Liverpool. But in the games he does play, it's a bit of heart attack and just confusion is how I describe him. It's like you don't really know what's going to happen. He gets the (laughs) ball and then it's just like not clown music, but it's just like he kind of just does his own thing. Mm-hmm. He will just run up, make crazy runs, always offside, and then he's just going <laughs> to run down the left or something and then just rip a shot either to Rosette or into the post. But then he will score like the hard, like angled header. Like he'll just <laughs> miss sitters here and there. He was like Torres at Chelsea, it's yeah. like, except he actually scored. And Darwin, like for his statistics, his minutes played per game and like goals scored and like chances created uh routes not routes run that's football but like um like you know key runs into like an open area for it to receive a pass like that statistic i forgot what it's called but like those kind of statistics they're all really high for like in terms of the same minutes played for him because he hasn't really played that many but he's creating chances he's getting in there it's just mm-hmm. he's not really scoring yeah and getting the prolific kind of pedigree as Allen's building for himself this season. So I still have faith in in Nunez, but you know, he's a striker. He's gonna do some kind of zany things, questionable things at times. Like that. I remember there's like a 3v1 situation against City, I believe. And then he went by himself. Like Sala was literally open unmarked. And then he's just like, I'm just gonna go for myself. And then he missed. <laughs> I was like, all right. All right. <laughs> yeah, he's so yeah. And then even he, today, like he got a ball from Firmino and just sitter, hit it into yeah. the post. Yeah, yep. I was like, all right. <laughs> um, and he also like his celebrations also funny too. Like he'll do like the FIFA like crying, cry more. Movie. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the cry more like celebration. Then he'll also do like his like heart celebration. Um, I feel like he's just like someone said like he's just like emotes. That's all he does. And then like uh, then someone said that he's like the ultimate. He's like the ultimate ultimate embodiment of like you never know my next move type guy. Just yes. Like, he just does what he wants. <laughs> he is very entertaining to watch, I will say. Like, if anything, Reminds I enjoy me of like, seeing him play. Like, Mar- like Marwan Fellaini, like not saying he's Marwan Fellaini, but like Marwan Fellaini was like that where when he started, you don't know what he was going to do. Like, was yeah. he going to like? Was he going to get a red card for elbowing someone? Was he about to score like yeah. a banger from like a volley? Was he about to like score like a 90th minute header? Or was he just going to look off? Like you, you, sometimes you just didn't know what was going to happen, but you just knew that when he started, there was some sort of spectacle that was going to happen. And I feel like, yeah, it's like was he Darwin right now is carrying hair. that mantle of like <laughs> something is going to happen if he plays. Mm-hmm. And that kind of chaos is kind of being embraced. He's playing like left wing <laughs> <laughs> as like a out and out striker. I'm like, all right, I guess that's what we're doing. And unfortunately, you know, it is a part from just not having the squad depth on the left wing right now just because everyone just got oh, injured. Yeah, Luis Diaz, Diaz got injured. Diaz going down. Diogo Jota, unfortunately, being injured too right before the World Cup. Uh, and, yeah, you know, tough. Fabio Carvalho is like 19, literally. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what are you going to do? <laughs> I, I I do really like Fabio Carvalho too. I think he has Coutinho-esque dribbling. He doesn't have the long shots like Coutinho, but he reminds me a lot of him. 
Like he's just so good. He's like that guy who just dribbles a lot when you <laughs> go out to play pickup and you're like, how the heck does he have the the ball just so close to his feet all the time? Except yeah. he does that in like professional soccer, which is crazy. Yeah. And then, you know, him and Darwin, I would say they're pretty good like transfers for this season. It's just they haven't made as big of an impact. And I mean, for Darwin, he does have the price tag above him, so he should be doing a lot more. But for Fabio, I mean, it's really just because of squad depth that he's getting so many minutes. But he is showing a lot of promise. But I think it's still a little too soon for him. Whereas Darwin, I'm like, please carry. Because like literally everyone's just double teaming Salah and he's just being isolated. He can't do anything. And then when he gets get the ball, he gets too hype. He gets too hyper and then just loses it on the dribble all of a sudden mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Like Salah still scores like the insane goal here and there. But um, a lot of times you see him on a, on a one-on-one and then he loses to like Aaron Creswell. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> how is he losing a, like a battle to like Veltman from Brighton? I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like he's literally <laughs> Mo Salah. So I don't know. It's just I think it's slightly kind of getting to Mo, Mo's head. Maybe not having Mane there also. I feel like I mentioned it was going to be a pretty big impact and Darwin was going to be like a slight step down. A, not a slight step down, but it's like it's going to be a lot different of a player too. And it's going yeah. to take a lot for him to kind of live up to Mane's hole that he left. But I mean, I'm seeing some promise. You know, we're still eighth place <laughs> in the in the league. <laughs> and we luckily are now out into the knockout round for the Champions League. And we're not out of any domestic cups. So it's like, you know, there's still yeah, hope. I mean, hey, no, no matter how bad the season is, you can always count on Klopp doing something in the Champions League. He always just, yeah. even that really poor season where you needed that Alisson miracle to like finish in fourth place, you guys still got to the quarterfinals, right? Um, against yeah. Real Madrid, which is pretty good because most teams... It's an achievement to get it into the round of 16 because, like, look at Barcelona. But then it's also, like, <laughs> you could be like United where they do get to the round of 16 if by a miraculous way they get there, but then they just lose. They can never get past the round of 16. Right. Um, but then Liverpool under Klopp have just – they always just somehow always make a deep run or make a semi-deep run all the time, which is really good. I, I honestly think at this point, <laughs> the season in the Premier League is kind of – it's – I've – this might be a hot take. I think it's a lost cause. I think just because it's if you look at the competition that's ahead, like Arsenal. I don't know what's going on. I guess they're gonna win the title. <laughs> I guess they're gonna <laughs> fight Man City for that title, and then Tottenham and Newcastle. You know, Newcastle is doing a lot better than expected already. Like Miguel yeah. Miron, let's go Atlanta United. Like scoring yeah, wonder he's goals. Been going off. But I, I don't think but, I, I don't think they'll like sustain it. They'll be definitely really yeah. good. I, I just don't I think, think they'll get into Europa League at least. Yeah. But I think it's just the lead that Chelsea and Man U also have on Liverpool already. Yeah. It's like unless Liverpool miraculously turn it around and all of a sudden just win out and like start scoring a lot of goals and keeps that defense tight, then I and like having the other two teams also drop off. But like Graham Potter coming in, they, Chelsea's doing a lot better. You know, Eric Ten Hag is just on the rise. Like, I don't know. I mean, Tottenham's been on the decline a little bit. But I don't know if Liverpool can really change that and have the other teams also go on the on the decline in terms of like the rest of the season. But the only kind of thing I can hope for is maybe momentum will swing significantly after the World Cup because it's a very new, unique year where... 
we'll have such a big break in the like halfway point of the season where usually there's like a ton of games. But now it's like that could be a big pendulum swing for the season where it's like, you know, teams are hot. Can they stay hot after that break? Can like Arsenal keep it up? And can like Liverpool kind of change change that kind of roller coaster type of season and kind of get back to how it was before? Or, you know, will things stay the same? And I think Liverpool, if there was a season for them to kind of have like a break like this, I think this is like a perfect time. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I would say for the other competitions, I think that's what the priority is. It's like seeing Liverpool go all out against Ajax to, you know, secure their spot in the the knockout stage, even though all they needed was a draw. I think that was like a key thing. Seeing them destroy Rangers like the last week, like 7-0 or like, no, it was like something big like that. I was like, all right, I think the Champions League, of course, will be our competition. But I think that would be, ironically, the the easiest way to get in the (laughs) Champions League football next season. Because, like, you can't go to Europa League now and win that. Like, it's already done. Like, you're not going to be worse than Ajax, which is third in the table in their group stage. So, I think Liverpool just, unless they win out the Champions League, I'm going to say I don't think they're going to get more than Europa League for next season, which is insane to say. Yeah, unless a miracle happens, but hey, I mean, you know. they've done miracles in the past, but that's true. Man, I feel like the Champions League, oddly enough, um, I don't want to say it doesn't look daunting. I feel like PSG on paper probably have the strongest team, but we've known historically PSG just choke all the time. But like their front three just looks so good that maybe this year is different. Real Madrid don't they are good, but I, I, I don't know. Benzema hasn't looked that like the beast that we saw last season. Kind of looking mm-hmm. like not like a de- like a de- like a like a regression, but almost like you know, kind of going off the high of last season. It's kind of falling off a little bit. Um, but then you know, some of the other big teams that you thought would do really well, like Barcelona, not going to be in there. Um, yeah. Juventus, no one really thought they were going to do anything. But then you also have teams like Napoli who are destroying. City right now and destroying the Champions League that could be really good and be like a dark horse but Mm -hmm. I I feel like compared to other years I feel like you know Champions League is kind of attainable right now I feel like it's kind of up for grabs whoever wants it yeah and I feel like of all the teams though City with Holland oh my gosh (laughs) yeah but I am so worried even though Liverpool just beat them I'm like it's it is one team like, but, you know, yeah. yeah, no, that's true. No, that's definitely true. But I, you know, ugh. I mean, we can get on this like on this, like a tangent right there. But like, <laughs> I mean, Pep Guardiola, I mean, he had his chance to win it with City two years ago facing Thomas Tuchel's like Chelsea side and he couldn't get it done mm-hmm. in the Champions League final. Pep is historically kind of choked in the Champions League. Um, that's true. And it all depends on if Holland can stay fit. I mean, if Holland could stay fit, they definitely do have a chance. But I mean, we know the Champions League, crazier things have happened. <laughs> yeah. And he has picked up a knock literally in the past week. So, yeah. who we'll knows? See. I mean, if he stays healthy, I mean, I, I'm be surprised if they don't win. <laughs> it's going to suck if they actually win. I'm like, no, it's been such a great time seeing them not win the Champions League this yeah. whole time. But I mean, He's Holland is literally on a mission. Holland is there to like destroy worlds. This man is actually insane. It's 17 goals. How the heck? He scored multiple hat tricks already. <laughs> I'm like, how do you do this? Like, he's literally like the FIFA generated player that you just make the as like a creative player, 
and that you just destroys everyone. And I'm like, <laughs> it, it makes it look so easy. It's like it's kids against, it's like men against boys whenever he plays. Exactly. So, I mean, we'll see if he keeps it up. And I think he will. I think he's going to get all the records this season. And I mean, fair play. I actually really like Holland. It's just, I'm upset he's at Man City. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a great guy, actually. Just like, I just don't want him to do anything because he plays yeah, for City. I'm like, man. <laughs> I, if he played for literally any other Premier League club, I think I could like handle it. But it's just like. I don't know. Even at Chelsea, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Chelsea's probably up there too, but like in Tottenham, but like I feel like the world just needs to go back to order where, you know, just send them <laughs> off to Real Madrid or Barcelona and then just let La Liga deal with like, you know, the yeah. dominance and then everything, everyone would just be happier that way. This <laughs> is, I mean, that being said, they're still somehow in second place. So, yeah. Arsenal, man. They're doing Arsenal. something, they're cooking. I don't. All my friends are, I, I praise Arsenal a lot. And my friends keep saying I'm like a closet Arsenal second supporter. Because like, you know, Liverpool's my team. But I always have a respect for Arsenal just because I have a lot of Arsenal friends. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm happy for them. I'm confused, but I'm very happy for them. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think we both have outwardly like respected Arsenal. We're like, yeah, this yeah. team could, even, uh, even on the dark days of Arteta or Unai Emery, we're like, they could do something. They so, could do something. And they are doing something. Yeah, they're finally doing yeah. something. So... No, it's been good. I uh, I think Arsenal have been like a. It's been good. I I think ultimately, like when hopefully when Manchester United, Chelsea, Liverpool, and Arsenal, like the old days, are like all fighting for the title. I feel like that's going to be so fun. Like when mm-hmm. all of the big, like historically big clubs are just back at full order. I think it's just going to make it even more fun because. Um, you know, as we've seen, like those big, like especially United and Arsenal have just kind of been laughing stocks for like the past 10 years. They just have not been what they, what they were back in the early 2000s. And, um, I think it'll be great for like the Premier League and like European football as a whole, if, like those teams, uh, consistently get back to the top, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll see. Um, but yeah, update on Liverpool oh. season. It's going up and down roller coaster. but wanted to leave this last section. I didn't really have anything, but, um, what was really cool is when Tyler was in Europe, he actually got to see a Champions League match. And I yeah. guess he was telling me that there's actually a crazy story that happened when it uh, when he saw it in Lisbon. Yeah, this is a story I haven't told yesterday. I was like, I'll save it for the pod. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so the Premier Pod finally has gone to Europe, at least half of it. Yes. <laughs> half the pod has gone to Europe to watch a football game there. And... In the, the past month, I went to Lisbon in Portugal, or as the, the locals call it, Lisboa. As, oh, really? Uh, as we recently learned. Lisboa. Yeah, that's why they spell it with like an A at the end instead of an, a, an Lisboa? N. Like Lisboa? And, yeah, Lisboa. <laughs> nice. But originally, my whole trip over to kind of like a Spain and Portugal trip, like we didn't have any soccer games or, you know, big games planned because like my other two friends I went with, you know, they're, they're not really as big of fans and like the tickets are kind of expensive and it was a little hard to, to get these tickets. So I was like, okay, maybe, maybe another time. But we had a free day. Like we had a free day on the itinerary that wasn't really that packed for when we were in Lisbon. And on the flight to Lisbon from Madrid, like we're just sitting on the runway. I looked at the tickets for the Champions League game, which was being played in Lisbon for Sporting versus Tottenham. And I was like, hey, you know, my friends are Korean. Maybe I can convince them <laughs> to see Sun. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, I looked online on their official website, like, you know, as recommendations from Cho. And they're like, 
it's Sporting's website available. or Tottenham's website? Yeah, Sporting's website. So you have to go to like the home team's website because, you know, the away tickets, there's very few and they're only mostly allocated to season ticket holders for the away team. Uh, so we found some tickets on their the Sporting website. And I was like, oh, I mean, I found them. They're 190 euros though. Each? And I was like, oh, yeah, each. And I was like, Oof. oh, do we do it? And then I, I texted my friends because they're sitting across the plane. Like we're next to each other. And then, you know, one of them texts back. It's like, when in Rome? <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I put in my credit card, like just didn't work. Not because it got declined. It's just like, I don't know. It just didn't work because it was like a Portuguese website or something. Or <laughs> like, it did, like they just didn't accept Visa or something. I was like, okay. And then someone okay. else tried, failed. Third person tried, failed. And I was like, all right, what do we do? And then someone was like, maybe it's not meant to be. And then I went on Reddit. And then people were like, well, you do have to show up at the stadium the day of to pick it up early anyway. Maybe you can go and go to like the ticket booth and see if it's available there. Because if they're available online, they might be available at the ticket booth. So I was like, okay. Uh-huh. And luckily, the sporting stadium, the like Jose Alva, I, I still can't pronounce the, the, the stadium name, unfortunately. But like we went there because it was right next to the airport. And I was so we, you know, I was like, guys, let's just go check it out real quick. And they're like, okay. So we had all of our luggage just like r- rolled up to the ticket booth. And then like, I, I was like, yeah, trace, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trace tickets. And then we're like American. We're like, yeah. And they're like, oh, okay. And they're like, there are three tickets. Like you can get the nosebleeds for like 68 euros or like, you know, lower deck for 190. And I was like, win in Rome. So, <laughs> so we got like the nicer seats. Cause I was like, well, I mean, this is like the first game. It's like, you know, we don't want to like kind of sit in the nosebleeds. And, you know, this will come to a later part of the story. So, like, we got our three tickets and I was just, like, holding them like it was, like, the golden ticket in, like, Charlie and Chalk Factory. I was like, holy crap. Even <laughs> though these neither of these were my team, I was, like, I was just <laughs> excited to see a Champions League game. Yeah. And as a gift, like, I bought all, like, I bought them both, like, sporting home kits. Oh, So, sick. like, we were all wearing home kits. And, nice. like, I'm very poor now. But, I mean, Dang, I was yeah, like, if we're going to go. Like 100, yeah. 190 for the ticket, then, like, the jerseys are usually, like, close to 100 each i was like all right we're on vacation i'm like it's okay <laughs> and i was like if go we're gonna go mother. like yeah i was like yeah if we're gonna go we have to you know go the right way we have to like show up and like you know be you know part of the part of the crew and in europe something i've also learned is they're really strict about home and away like if mm. you're at the game and you're not an away fan you better be a home fan because yeah. Like they had the away section like sectioned off. Like we see it on TV, but like it was literally like so segregated. I was like, this is borderline. I don't know if this is constitutional, (laughs) but I was like, okay, sure. So we all wore like the sporting kits and we wore them around Lisbon because like, you know, we got to the stadium really early and we picked up the tickets and the game didn't start to like five hours later. So, you know, we put on the jerseys, walked around town and people like we're cheering they're like they would shout sporting and i was like dang okay and people were just very confused how we were like three asian dudes as sporting (laughs) fans from america they're like do they like literally like in one of our cabs the driver like looks at us and he's like do they have big support for sporting over in america because usually (laughs) it's not many people know our team I was like, in the back of my head, I was like, we are not sporting fans. But I was like, I have to make some <laughs> stuff up so we don't get like taken. So I was like, yeah, you know, like Ronaldo played for sporting and like they're a pretty big team in Portugal. 
uh, <laughs> Bruno Fernandez was here, you know, kind of things like that. And they're like, yeah. oh, okay, wow. I'm surprised because, you know, I didn't even know about sporting. Like, because like, it'd be like some immigrants that are like here that like they kind of learn about sporting. And like, it's definitely compared to Benfica, which is another team that's in Lisbon. Yeah. Like sporting's the Benfica's team. Benfica's a big like, one. Like sporting's a team you oh, support. Really? And then like everyone that's there, like I saw like maybe two Benfica jerseys out of like a hundred people. Like if it was like a ratio, it was like one Benfica jersey for every like 40 sporting jerseys in that and the part of town at least we're in which is like downtown and i was like dang okay like all the locals support it everyone who moves there supports them and it's just like that's the team so i was like okay we we chose well (laughs) and benfica is more like further out there it's kind of like (laughs) how like the the stadium for like the giants and the jets is actually like in new jersey it's kind of like Benfica's stadium is just like kind of far out. Like it's like 30 minute train ride west. It's like so. But Sporting's uh, stadium is like 15 minutes north oh, the of the, of the highway. Yeah. So not in the heart heart, but like just like in the area. So I was like, okay. So, you know, we went around town. People were telling us about the history of Sporting and like how they're like confused how we knew them. And I was like, okay, cool. We're going to go to the game. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. So we it's like an hour, an hour before the game. Here, like, let's get our, let's get an Uber. Let's just get over there. And like, if without any traffic, it's maybe like a 20 minute ride. We get in the Uber and then like, you know, we can start getting there. And then, you know, like we hit some traffic because everyone's going to the game. And we're like, okay, yeah. you know, 30 minutes instead of 20. And it's like, okay, that's, you know, no big deal. Then it goes to 40 minutes. Then it goes to 50 minutes. Yeesh. Then it's like 15 minutes before kickoff. And we're like, oh, frick. Yeah. And kickoff, like in Europe, it's like when it starts at three, it starts at three. Like yeah, in America, three. like if the game says it starts at eight, it's not going to kick off to like 820 or 825. Yeah, no. sometimes. So, you know, they're very strict about it. So, mm-hmm. you know, we were a mile away sitting in standstill <laughs> traffic. Yeah. Like people are just like they're walking past us. We were on bikes. <laughs> Like we hear like Tottenham fans just like obnoxiously like going (laughs) off, like in like little tut tuts, just like weaving through. And we're like, oh my gosh. Like we we saw like a whole pub of Tottenham fans and it was the most rowdy, obnoxious thing. I was like, (laughs) man. (laughs) I was like, I'm glad I'm not a Tottenham fan. I was like, that Jesus. Gosh dang. And then they're like, you know, they're shouting like Yid Army and all that. And I was like, man. But so I was just like in disguise as a sporting fan. I was like, all right, here we go. And then, you know, we made a decision. We we're a mile away. We like the game was starting in like 15 or so minutes, maybe 20 minutes. And then I was like, we're ru- I'm getting out of this Uber and running. So I, I, I told the Uber, I was like, I'm bouncing. And then like my other friends like joined me. So we, we run, we run like the whole mile. And then like eventually we hit the crowd that's all going to the same place. And like, we just follow them. And, and like my friend's like, where are we going? I'm like, I don't know, but we're all going to the same place. We're all wearing the same thing. And then <laughs> we show up to the front like of the line. You know, we, there was like no security, which oh, is bizarre to me. Like I was like, it was like that meme of like the guy who's doing the pat down, but like really quickly. Oh yeah. Like that was security. I was like, you can Jeez. literally just, I was like, I guess no crime happens here. I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> so I was like, no metal detectors or anything that I remember. So that's wild. There are three lines. We we get into like the first line we see. We're like, all right, I'm guessing it all goes in the same place. And then like first line, they're like, oh, your ticket goes to the other line. I was like, okay. And then 
We go to the second line. Like we get to the front, we scan the ticket, doesn't work. We're like, what the heck? Oh and no. We, I asked someone and they're like, oh, you have to go around to this other gate. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then like, you know, time's ticking. We already ran the whole mile and yeah. it's like 10 minutes to kick off at this point. We're like, oh my gosh. Not saying we ran a five minute mile. I think I, I underestimated <laughs> I think <laughs> at the time. But yeah. like, you know, basically we're there at the gate. It's like 10 minutes to kick off. And I was like, I didn't want to miss the Champions League anthem. I was like, this is, you know, it's huge. Yeah, it's that's like why you go to the it. Champions League match. Exactly. So I was just like, oh my gosh, we're in the wrong line again. So then like we asked this like dude who works there and he's like talking to us in Portuguese. I'm like, and he just points to like this elevator. And I'm like, okay. And there's like a line to some elevator. And I'm like, okay, I guess that's it. So then like, it's like one elevator that goes up the entire freaking stadium, like five floors and you can fit like six people in there. So then we're just waiting our turn. Like time's ticking minute per minute. And then finally we get online, we get into the elevator get to the spot and then we're like where do we even go and then we found like this <laughs> this lady who was like she we, she looked at us and she was like you guys are clearly lost and then we're like where do we go and she looks at her in tickets. english or no she didn't say that she's just like oh okay. she said like you know tickets i assume something in portuguese and then she takes ah, her tickets okay. and she's like usually she just they're pointing like where to go for people she literally takes us she's like come with me and then like she takes us directly to our seats and then, nice. like, right when we sit down, the players come out, and then the Champions League freaking, like, parachute thing unfolds ah, in the middle nice. of the pitch. That's and awesome. then the music starts playing, and I was like, oh, my Ooh. gosh. <laughs> it is what we thought it would be. Like, yeah. in person, it is as insane to see as it is to see on TV. Like, that feeling of, like, almost, like, shouting and, like, experiencing, like, the noise, like, the music it is as fine tingling as you kind of see it on TV and like almost being kicked out of like a reprogramming room. Like nice. it's, just, it's just that intense. That's and like it's, cool. You can tell how much of an honor it is to like be in this game. And like it, like it really kind of showed like my friends that were there also, it's like how big of a deal this game was. It was like, oh, this is actually huge. And like how important it was. And for sporting, you know, they're not the best team. <laughs> yeah. Like I talked to like the guy next to me who was like a local and he was like, you know, we haven't been in a team in like 10 years from England. Like I'm not expecting much, you know, we're not a very good team. So <laughs> we'll see if we can get a goal. And I was like, okay, jeez, Yeah. Like, you know, we saw sun. I was like, sun's there. Like it was cool to see sun. And like the chants were just so loud. I was like, if you had like a decibel reader, it was maybe like in the hundred tens. <laughs> I was like, what the wow. heck? Yeah, everyone's like grandparents, their sons, and their children all at the game, all singing the same song in Portuguese that we didn't know. And I was like, all right, you know, just vibing. And, you know, first half goes zero, zero. I'm like, okay, well, it was decent. You know, sporting actually was putting up a fight. Harry Kane, nice. kind of mid Harry in real Kane. life. I was like, wow, yeah. okay. <laughs> and then yeah. Sun kind of doing the works. And then second half, Sun gets subbed out. We're like, what the heck? Like, he gets subbed out in like the 60 minute for like Kuliszewski. Like, Kuliszewski, to be fair, did well. But I was like, man, they took out Sun. What the heck? And mm -hmm. like, you know, sporting fans were still shouting the whole time. You can hear the rowdy Tottenham fans in the one corner, like just shouting Yid Army and other stuff. And, you know, it was kind of building. It was still 0-0 for like most of the game. And like, you know, the fans are just there chilling and singing their songs, like smoking their cigarettes out, which was also surprising. I was like, wow. okay, I didn't know you can smoke in stadiums. Very 
1960s, but I was like, okay, <laughs> cool. And it was just like old people who looked like they've been there since like the 1920s, just like smoking cigarettes, just like right in front of us. And I was like, nice. Okay, cool. This is, this is the vibe. But you know, all that kind of build up, and then like the last five minutes hit and then everyone starts getting up. Like everyone starts shouting and I'm like, oh snap. All right. It's, it's go time. Like something's got to happen. And then in the 90th minute, it was a corner sporting scores in this That's game. Big. So you can, if you can probably Google this, like you can tell like sporting one, but like they scored in the 90th minute. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> I was like, holy crap. <laughs> like the whole stadium erupts. Like I'm just awesome. high fiving the old guy next to me. Like it is insane. That's and cool. then after that, they sub out like some players, like play out the rest of the game. They sub in like some kid who's never had any minutes. And that kid scores. It's two nil. Like three three minutes at a time. And some guy scores. And I was like, "What is going on?" Like we're watching Tottenham <laughs> get upset. I'm watching Harry Kane just so pissed in the middle of the pitch. And I'm like, "This is this is this is it." The first Premier League team I see, just see them lose, and it's Tottenham. I'm like, "There we go." I'm enjoying this. <laughs> and then like Sporting fans just going crazy because this That's is an cool. upset. And I'm yeah, like, "Let's cool. go. Let's freaking go." And then the final whistle blows. Everyone just erupts. And that, I got to say, Yush, we got to bring the Premier Pod to a game in England for sure. Because like, if games be, are like I that, really I'm like, we to. definitely got to check out one. So Really would too, that's man. A, that sounds awesome. What a story. I'm like, that's a foreshadowing of uh, what's to come. Because we got to go to England for sure. Because like, yeah. if that's what it was in Portugal, in Lisbon, like a stadium of maybe like 40,000-ish. <laughs> Like Man. going to like Old Trafford, going to Anfield. That's going to be even crazier. And at least we'll know how to sing the songs. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just there like, ah, you know, I'm here to vibe. Thank you for having us. And yeah. then, you know, everyone kind of poured out the out the stadium. Everyone's shouting. Did you get any beer thrown at you? Uh, no, actually. Oh, Ironically oh. not. Just mo- mostly secondhand smoke. But <laughs> it's um, it, it was it was a lot more kind of just people waving their scars singing. So not as not as crazy as like an NFL game, I guess, or like a college football game where you just you expect beer to hit you in the face at some quarter. But <laughs> assuming you guys are winning. But yeah. that was just an insane game. And nice. Like, you know, at the end of the day, we wrapped it up, went to McDonald's, had the snack wrap there. Fun fact. Sick. I was like, oh, wow, they actually have those here. Uh, but I mean, that kind of experience is something I was like, wow, okay. It's, uh, it's cool to finally experience seeing an international game live in like a game that actually mattered, not like a, a friendly where they visited yeah, like and the toured America. Yeah. This is like a game that mattered a lot in the group stage of a Champions League run. Like Tottenham, mm-hmm. you know, they finished today, ironically, in the reverse fixture of Tottenham being at home and Sporting being away. And it was a 1-1, and Tottenham finished in the group at the top. But Sporting, you're now my Portuguese team. That's I will awesome. be a Sporting supporter. I have a team now. That's pretty but cool. Yeah. It's uh, definitely something I definitely want to do again. I definitely want to go to England and kind of see this for myself and kind of see how it is. But I don't know if that's going to be topped. Like a 90th minute goal upset against Tottenham. I'm like, come on. That's pretty cool. My that's gosh. A, that's a fun. That's a pretty cool, fun first Champions League game to go to. Um, yes, sir. No, that was a cool was story. Ca- I really enjoyed that. Thank you. And hopefully we'll have some more in the future. <laughs> hopefully yeah. we'll, we'll do some cool things. No, that but was yeah, that was really cool. to go to Europe. Yeah. I need to, I need to make it out there one of these days. <laughs> I need to make it out I'll there. Go with that, you. That, 
No, yes, we need to go together. But that that's not that was a really cool story. Uh that that's just awesome. Like first game, ninetieth <laughs> minute winner, Champions League. Like that's just yeah, that's that's awesome. It looked really cool on like the on the Instagram story you had. Um, I know you only posted like one or two videos, but they, it looked really cool there. Just hearing the noise of the champions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I should have worn cool. my Lisbon jersey or my sporting jersey. They actually don't call it sporting Lisbon. They just call it sporting. Like that's how big oh, nice. it is. They just say it's it's just sporting. sporting. I'm like, nice. okay. Nice. So now I have my, I should have wore it for the pod today. Should have wore the sporting kit, but I have it here. I have it with me and it's very green, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's, it has a place in my heart now. Lisbon, very dope. That's and the awesome. team, also fire. Also, not a Benfica fan. Don't like Benfica. <laughs> <laughs> I now have a rivalry and beef with Benfica, even though nice. Darwin's from there. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> You'd love to see it. <laughs> there we go. No, but that's awesome. I, I was I was really curious to hear the story when you mentioned it earlier before we started. But this uh, the story was awesome. That was just like filled with all these like plot, you know, these plots and everything. And it all came together for like a really cool 90th minute goal. And yeah, like it literally was, it was a very last minute thing too. Like we just decided to do it the morning of. Yeah. And I was like, that was probably the coolest thing I did the entire trip. Yeah. Also shout out for for you guys for like, you know, spending the cash for that way. Cause that's like the the tickets plus the jerseys. That's a lot. That's good. Yeah, I can't really do much besides that. Like, uh, there's another <laughs> the other day, I literally just had a bowl of white rice for dinner. I was oh, like, man. this is this is the balance. This is uh, this is life now. Yeah, <laughs> I well, just had a hope- piece of toast with nothing on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily, if we make it, uh, if we make it out to England, we at least have those jerseys, so we don't have to worry about the cost of those. That's true. Which is great. We we'll just have to buy the tickets. Yeah, <laughs> which probably would be even more expensive. Uh, Unless anyone from the pod wants to give us some tickets or give us some insight for any deals, let us know. Because uh, yeah, there we go. But uh, we'll gladly take it. Yeah, but no, that, that was uh, I've said it before, <laughs> but I, I loved hearing that story. That was that was really cool. For sure. Yeah. I wish <laughs> I wish I had a story to top that. I unfortunately don't. <laughs> I you will. You, know, you will. Yeah, I will we'll make it I happen. Will. That's it. We'll make it happen. But as of right now, I do not. I do not have a cool story to top that one. But um, yeah, that Tyler wanted to. That was a really fun wild card. I feel like uh, we finally <laughs> have a chance. Out of the f- four years we've been doing this, we finally have a chance to. One of us provides a perspective of uh, going out to Europe and watching a game there. After all, all the mm. hours we spent talking about. Uh, I know. Sport, I'm like, which is funny. It's been years. Years in the making. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> it wasn't even making. my team. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's sometimes how it goes. Sometimes that would that's be. true. Uh, but yeah, no, that was awesome. That was awesome. Thanks for sharing that story. Um, I know the listeners will enjoy it. I enjoyed it a lot. So uh, that was a really fun story to hear. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much like the last thing we had wrapped up on our on our outline. Like we said, we've been kind of just doing the pods like uh on once a month basis or whenever we're free, just, just the new format we have going on right now. But we are planning on doing one to preview the world cup, maybe a week before mm-hmm. a week and a half before. Uh, so that'll be a fun one. Obviously that'll be in November because the world cup will start in November, but be on the lookout for that. Um, but yeah, as we always say, you can subscribe to us on YouTube at the premier pod. You can also give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the premier pod. Um, please send us any questions you may have or any topics that you potentially want us to cover on those. And we'll definitely look out for them. Um, but yeah, thanks again for listening. 
Um, and yeah, that kind of wraps up season five, episode 148 of the Premiere Pod. So thanks again for watching and listening. Peace. Peace.